So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the first riot of the Luddites. Then on Tuesday, we unearthed the mad coincidence of the day two different Dennis the Menaces made their comic strip debuts. On Wednesday, the day the Spanish conquered the last Maya kingdom. Thursday was the day Colonel Sanders sued KFC. And on Friday, we recall how Vincent van Gogh's sister-in-law made his name. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that did nothing to help Sergio Perez. In fact, I go so far as saying I put a foot out to trip him up. Yeah, which against a Formula One car, maybe not the smartest idea you've ever had. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the retiring F1 podcast. <sighs> I meant shy, but yeah, that works as well. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, we might have to go passive. Is that a sex thing? Hydraulics, Phil. Oh. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, running around at the back like Sebastian Vettel. Is that a sex thing? Hydraulics film. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, we won't even finish this like Fernando Alonso. Is No, I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, this has never happened before. <laughs> Except every other time this season. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, here are some fucking fireworks. Is that a... <laughs> Phil, it took me so long to set these up. Can you please come? <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast F1 deserves. I am Chica Rez, and thank fuck that is over. The longest F1 season ever. Probably can't be bothered to check, but it is done and dusted. Abu Dhabi hosted the last race as per usual, and to be fair, it was a more interesting race than we expected, although that is a low benchmark. Verstappen won again, didn't help Perez again, and he didn't really care again. Plus, some people retired, and there were fireworks. We'll talk about all of that, and of course, look to the future with the children's F1 test that followed the race. That is all to come. Joining me is a man who has traded in his life savings. It is Phil Tromans. I have spent years, years and years and years building up a reserve that I could spend on something at some point. 
And this week, I finally did it. I spent all my nectar points. <gasps> all How was it? I what re- did you spend I reckon, them on? I reckon it was about four or five years worth of nectar points, I think. And uh, got a new TV. No. So not that exciting, but it's it's a big TV. It's the biggest TV I've ever had. How big is uh, it? Uh, is it's f- 50 inches. Fuck it hell. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so it's 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 pretty good, and uh, of course TVs are quite expensive, so we didn't quite have enough to cover the whole TV. But I basically got a fifty-inch TV for fifty quid, which I'm pretty pleased with. Nectar points, guys. If you're not doing the if you're not doing the nectar points, it's free money eventually. With my nectar points card, that is the first thing I've changed my surname, but only I've just added a, another bit on. Oh, have you? So I have. Oh, oh you're double barreled now. I've double barreled now. So are you a stallion? I'm a stallion. I'm stallionaires. <laughs> Oh, of course. And, um, That's like millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> I have you know, the- I have a stallionaire. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of money. the first thing I did, yeah, the first thing I did, I was like, I don't really know what to change. And the first thing I did was my nectar <laughs> card. <laughs> well, there you go. And alongside of him is a man who isn't anonymous. It is Terry Saunders. Okay, I'm uneasy telling this story because it is actually genuinely a little bit depressing, but also funny. So I need you two to give me the, the vote here. No, those are the best kind of stories. But I mean, this is, you might be concerned about me by the end of it. That's what I'm saying. Do you, right, want, well, do you want that the on con- conscience? The concern is real. No, we're happy to be concerned about you because we genuinely care. Okay. Chico, what's up with you? Similar story? I've been working on my parking. Oh, Jesus. I drove to Kew with my mum. Very nice. It's 20 miles an hour all the way there. So... You know, it wasn't that challenging. And I got there and I thought, well done, you've done really well to myself. And then there was one parking spot. So great. Um, I thought, right, okay, I can do this. So it was a parallel park. Uh, not the easiest, is it, Phil? Um, but, you know, I thought, all no, right, that's I can more, do No, that's this. more difficult than bay parking. All right, well, I for me, a challenge. So... I uh, I lined up and I went to park and then I I sort of had two attempts and I couldn't do it and then the guy in the car behind me said do you want me to move my car back and I was like um, yeah okay so he reversed to make the spot bigger that I was parking into and then I kid you not it was probably eight attempts of trying to park this car with my mom in the back encouragingly being like oh no pop the back in oh no the front sticking out oh no and as I went honestly if you'd sped it up it that's encouraging been... no it was because she could have been like what the <laughs> fuck are you doing which is what she should have said because I was there that like was passive duh, encouraging. Duh, duh, this <laughs> and it was awful and this car was just like sticking out on the road and I couldn't get it in anyway she eventually said would you like me to park it? And I was like, yes. So then I had to get out of the car. My mum had to get in and park it. So she just went, Mm-mm. parked it in the place. Fine. She got out to go and find the parking meter. I got out to go and put Arthur in the slingy bit. As I was putting him in the sling, the car started rolling down the hill because she'd forgotten to put the handbrake on. <laughs> so then I was I was hanging onto the car like, mum, mum. And that was my oh parking my experience. I can't wow. park. 
for the final time this season, let's go to Listener's Corner, which was recently reprofiled to make the comments more exciting. Let's start with the 2022 champions. Red Bull won both driver and constructor titles and said they wanted to take second in the driver's race too, as Sergio Perez headed into the Abu Dhabi weekend level on points with Charles Leclerc. But then Verstappen sped off into the distance, leaving Perez at the mercy of Leclerc, who swiped the runners-up spot. Tim Ecott says, Horner, prior to the race, Checo finishing second in the standings is a priority for Red Bull. But then Horner during the race was more like, Checo who? Tim Renler says, the only entertainment was Red Bull not getting second in the drivers because they made it into a thing. Virtually no one was talking about it until Max Derrick's toddler tantrum in Brazil. And Jason Tate says, Verstappen could let Perez go at the start and shielded with nothing to lose or prove, but everyone's respect to gain. I mean, fair's fair. We all went away from Brazil thinking he was a bit of a c- but we were all wrong. He's a complete one. Hope he does fuck off and do something else soon. What else could he do? <sighs> well, other than driving. Mm. I mean, he could have a son and bully him into being an even better driver. Oh, oh my god. Maybe that's the way it's going to go. They're going to be increasing really? bastards, but they'll get much, 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 much better. Four generations down, it's going to be like the most amazing driver you've ever conceived of. But, but then one of them will be a good dad. Yeah. And then we'll <laughs> then it'll yeah. go to shit. And I've mixed Schumacher as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe that's that's a really good reflection on Michael, I think. Michael must have been a really a good dad, dad because Mick is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Keep playing, uh, Michael. Um, I I don't know what, what sympathy I have here because like we talked last week about you know Red Bull, well Max Verstappen especially being a dick, not giving up the place, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there's a little bit of me that goes that Red Bull has been the fastest car all year, and if you can't finish second in that car, do you deserve to be a Red Bull driver? Well, there is that. But as we know from past experience, all Red Bull drivers, apart from Sebastian Vettel and Max Verstappen, are rubbish and eventually get demoted. And then yeah. come back, as we'll talk about later. But mm. um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a valid point. The amount that Ferrari have completely ballsed up this year and you've got a Red Bull and you still can't get second is not a good reflection on Perez. Yeah, but, but if you had a teammate You that could argue that it would out. have been for the good of everyone. That, yeah, that, exactly, that should have giving him a hand you know he's not as good as this happened i think he accepts that he's not as good as this happened he's happy to play number two but yeah he needed he needed some help and as we discussed last week he's given a lot of help himself he's been there he's given his heart and soul to verstappen and verstappen just doesn't care it's unrequited love now let's have a moment silence for those that have left us no not died retired whether by decision or through being shit please stand and remember sebastian vettel nicholas latifi Daniel Ricciardo and Mick Schumacher. We will never forget some of them. Ivo Fantini says... who? (laughs) Ivo Fantini says, Seb deserved a better strategy. Aston Martin being behind Alfa Romeo in the constructors is quite disappointing. Alfa didn't deserve that position. They were shit all season, honestly. Alonso, Haas hadn't wanted to see mixed donuts. Tom... Tom Murray says, let Shumi do donuts. And nobody mentioned Ricardo or Latifi at all. 
not a single comment <laughs> was about Ricardo or Latifi, um, which is a sad state of affairs. But um, should we go through the retirees and give a few words? What do you think? Well, I will be doing a full tribute to Sebastian Vettel in the state of F1 later. But All right, we'll skip for him. Now, well, let's not skip him because, you know, I think for the latter half of his career, finishing on a point is very apt. <laughs> it's not too, yes, it's not too bad, actually. It's better. <laughs> One of his better weekends. But the yeah, I mean, Aston have massively under-delivered this year and they do appear to have put him on a crappy strategy than the world. Because he, he was actually, last few races, he's actually driven pretty well. Um, but then, uh, yeah, he's in a crap car with a team that couldn't get his strategy right, which bodes well for Alonso next year. I mm. can't fucking wait. <laughs> the rage of the man by, like, race five when everything's just gone. He's already angry. He's got in that He's got in that Abu Dhabi test and gone, for fuck's sake. You haven't even put the stickers on it. I reckon he, what, he'd rather be Daniel Ricciardo right now. What, be a reserve driver to going back to Red Bull? Yeah. I don't think he'd do that. I think he'd retire and go and live on his ranch in Australia if he was Daniel Ricciardo. That'd be a weird body swap comedy. I'd like it. I actually would quite like to see that. <laughs> Danny Ricardo wakes up one day and he's Fernando Alonso and Alonso wakes up in Ricardo's body. <sighs> Starring oh, Lindsay no. Lohan. We're, we're both has-been drivers. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, but God. one of us is still quite good. <laughs> mm, really? Yeah, Alonso's still... I mean, you know, only in driving. In decision-making and politics and everything else that you need to be a decent F1 driver, terrible. But actually driving. You could argue, though, that Danny Ricardo has made a good decision. Like, going to McLaren was a good decision. Except he was shit at it. Well, yeah. Well, at the time he went, weren't McLaren shit as well? Exactly, but that was a good decision because they're not shit now. But well, yeah, yeah, I suppose that's anyway, true. Nicholas what about Renault? Is that a good decision? Nicholas, Atu- oh, I feel I do. He's the one I feel the most sorry for because he is just. He seems like everything I've said. I've, I don't have anything in evidence that suggests he's anything other than a really nice guy, but he's just a really terrible driver. Uh, you know, by F1 standards. Do you think he'll be the last really terrible driver? I don't know. Because Mazepin was rubbish as well. Yeah, but at the minute... Why why would he be the last? Well, it's just Fulham's been getting more and more professional over the years, and now there's the budget cap, there's less need for kind of pay drivers because the budgets are smaller. And like next year, you know... Logan Sargent's a very highly rated driver for Williams and you've got Piastri coming in. It just feels like Formula 1 is getting its act together and, you know, the, the smaller teams are going for F2 champions. And I just feel like the pay driver era for now might be kind of over. That's actually really sad the more I think about it. I wonder if we need some sort of positive discrimination in the future to try and attract more useless billionaires to F1. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> Well, this is it. We don't want to be too professional because otherwise we'll have to talk about talent and success and things like, you know, the things that we have no interest or experience of. Um, So, yeah, no, I'd not thought about that until you said it, but I think you may well be be right. Like, who's the shit driver on the the grid next year? I'm I'm as shocked as you are because that actually is a really good point and I just made it on on the fly and it's actually a really good good analysis. Yeah, I think think you've got at least three or four future state of F1s in that. Cool. Taking it various angles at it, but yeah, I mean, like, who's who's shit next year? I mean, the, the crappiest one I can think of is Joe, and he's done really well for his first year. You're I think. right, Joe and Sunoda, I think, are the two, the and they've underworld. shown flashes of brilliance, which is not mm. something you could say of Latifi. 
What so, he, sh- he showed a, he showed a flash of brilliance in Abu Dhabi last year by fixing the championship <laughs> for Max Verstappen. And I thought he was going to do it again this year, but when I saw him spinning around, and then it turned out he'd just been rear-ended by Schumacher. So, but that yeah. was a lovely simultaneous spin for the two of them, where they just both went whoop whoop whoop. Wish it. Balletic, wasn't it? Yeah, pathetic. Yeah, yeah. Balletic, pathetic. Schumacher is kind of it's kind of sad because, you know, it would have been such a good story if you were doing the Hollywood movie, you know. He does it for his dad and he comes back in and he brings back the name and he w- he fights his way up and he gets to a Ferrari and he wins the championship and everyone's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. But unfortunately, he joined a terrible team and was terrible at the terrible team, largely. And it's a shame yeah. because he too, you know, as far as I could tell, seems like a relatively nice, if slightly reserved character. But... um wasn't good enough and this last race was pretty good testament to that where he you know he crashed into Latifi it wasn't even the other way around I don't know it's yeah. hard to hard to feel too sorry for him again Ricardo we've talked about it's a shame oh that did feel did you see the the clip of of Schumacher trying to do donuts at the end oh no I didn't I missed oh, that oh so so everyone at the end was came, you know the big guns came onto the the start finish straight and started doing their donuts and some various others were going out because it's the last race of the season, they don't need to worry about their tyres or their engines or the chassis anymore because they're never going to be used. So Schumacher goes off and starts doing a couple of donuts, and immediately his engineer goes, uh, "Mick, stop doing donuts, please. We can't do it. We just can't stop it." And he goes, "Okay, guys, I love you too." And then he comes back in, and then presumably, you know, left immediately, never to be heard of again. It was kind of sad. Presumably, he got out of the car and they like cut his they cut his seatbelts. <laughs> just got <gonna laughs> it out. <laughs> In hand front in of your him. boots yeah yeah and your hands device and, and your badge off. and your gun <laughs> yes ah <laughs> uh, we'll never remember i uh, forget them so just because the fun was over in abu dhabi it didn't mean the fun was over in abu dhabi that is right it was the young drivers test where all the hip young gunslingers get to try an f1 car for the first time of course all this is nonsense and it's actually just a test now and just about every driver ever got to have a go which included Fernando Alonso in an unbranded Aston Martin, Pierre Gassi in an Alpine, Nick de Vries in AlphaTauri, and Nico Hulkenberg in a Haas. So what did we learn from this test? Nothing at all. Nothing at all? Nothing at all. Okay. Nothing. We did learn that there are some interesting intricacies of driver contracts when it comes to doing this, because obviously a lot of drivers in the te- the post-Abu Dhabi test are driving for their new teams, but they're theoretically still under contract for their old teams. So you had the slightly weird sight of Alonso in a plain black suit with a sort of razzle-dazzle-style helmet that wasn't his normal helmet in an Aston Martin car that had all the stickers taken off it because he's not allowed to advertise those sponsors. And then you had Nick De Vries, who is still officially a Mercedes driver in an Alfa Tauri, but he wasn't allowed to give any interviews and they weren't allowed to do any promotion of how he got on. So it was a sort of weird... They they, they literally put out a tweet saying, he's driving for us, that is all we're allowed to say. We will we will say no more. It was they should very have done weird that and thing, mysterious. That thing they did with Jerry Adams in the 80s. <laughs> God, they got voice put a accent. weird Northern Irish accent on them. <laughs> I had a lovely time in the car today. <laughs> no. <laughs> Apologies to her. Northern Irish list, Irish listeners, but um, it, yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? There's been hardly any coverage. I don't think we can really tell anything. It is literally just like it's a glorified jolly, 
It's just some people getting to have a go in an F1 car and see if they like it. Like You don't really learn anything from it, as best I can tell. I think there might have been a bit of Pirelli tyre testing for next year, but that's about it. How much effort do you reckon it is to take all the stickers off a Formula 1 car? I'd imagine quite a lot. Do you need like a heat gun and a, and a... Like, you know when they used to chisel the tyres after tests with the heat gun and the scraper? I wonder if they do that. Or just like nail polish remover. Or do you reckon they paint over the stickers? Or maybe... Just with a bit of Ron Seal. <laughs> like a spray can. <laughs> Just to no, rat- think, rattle can it. I think it will be with for Alonso. I think it would be better if it was on with a roller. <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they go over his helmet as well. <laughs> he, gets in, he gets in the car with his normal kit on. <laughs> they just <laughs> paint him while he's in there. Or they do like a gunge tank with Noel Edmonds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't seen Noel Edmonds for a while. Maybe that's what he's doing. Was he in Abu Dhabi? Oh. He'd take the money to go to Abu Dhabi, wouldn't he? He's Nick DeFries. <laughs> <laughs> so after Logan Sargent secured enough super license points in Formula 2 to ensure promotion to Williams F1 next year, we finally have the full 2023 grid confirmed. So let's have a quick rundown. Red Bull, Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. So nothing has changed there. Ferrari, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. Again, nothing unchanged. Mercedes, Hamilton and Russell. Same again. Alpine, Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly. McLaren. Fight, 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 fight. And McLaren, Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri. No, I'm the youngest. <laughs> <laughs> this one I'm intrigued by because I want to know. In theory, Oscar Piastri is very highly regarded, but Norris comprehensively spanked Ricardo. So don't. I'm intrigued to know how well they do against each other. Who's number and one? And I don't know who to put my money Norris. on. I don't know. I don't know. You'd think Norris because of the experience, but Piastri is meant to be pretty shit hot. I think the first half of the season, Norris will comfortably wipe his ass, and the second half of the season, Norris will need his ass wiped. Wipe his ass or whip his ass, or maybe both. <laughs> I think wipe. <laughs> Why would you guys? You're supposed to be driving. Alfa Romeo, Valtteri Bottas, and Joe Gagnon, uh, Aston Martin, Fernando Alonso, and Lance Stroll. Oh, that's going to be interesting as well, isn't it? The man who takes that's no shit that... versus the guy that won't allow any shit only... to be given to him. The man who takes no shit versus the guy that only gives shit. Yes, who um... owns all the shit. I think it's going to be one of the classic F1s of the first few races. It's going to be so lovely. They're going to be, no, I'm learning a lot from Fernando. And he's like, yeah, I'm really liking it. You know, it'll be one of those ones where they're, I mean, a bit like Alonso and Ocon have been this year. Yeah, or Alonso and, and Hamilton were to start with. Exactly, every, every, Alonso and every one of his teammates. Yes. And there'll just be an inciting incident where Alonso just goes, "You and your dad are <laughs> kick off." I'm gonna, I'm gonna fire a stat out that I heard and haven't checked. I can't remember if I got it right, but I'm gonna fire it out anyway. Okay. Do you know the only two drivers, uh, teammates that have beaten Alonso? Actually, no, that's not true. Apart from, apart from this year, because Ocon beat him eventually. Who else of so his I teammates guess beat Hamilton? Him? Yeah. Massa? No. Weber? No. no. I guarantee you've not thought about him in 20 years. Oh, so was it not in a Minardi? It was in a Minardi. Morbidelli? No. Close. No, I can't remember, I can't remember anymore. Tarso Marquez. Ooh. Apparently beat him, which I think must have been his fir- It must have been his first year in F1, wasn't it? I can't remember what year it was. Ouch. 1991, whenever it was. Anyway, fact. <laughs> Well, let's not forget Probably. the great stat that Oscar Piastri was born 
after Alonso's debut. <laughs> yes, that's true. No. Has that happened before? Has that been a season where a drive, where two drivers have been so far apart in age that one of them was born after the first one started racing in F1? Didn't that that happen, can't have ever happened That happened before, with Sonoda, didn't it? I, I don't. I think no, he was the first one born after 2000, but I don't think there'd oh, been right, anyone okay. else in Start, F1 that was racing before. at that time. Right, okay. But yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about Hayes. Kevin Magnussen and Nico Hulkenberg. Yes. I hope they embrace that and literally riff on it for the whole season until we're totally sick of the joke. I hope their overalls have big... You know, you get those like balls that you get on the back of trucks. Yes. Just like big <laughs> flappy balls hanging out their overalls. And on the back of the car. And on the front of the car. Yeah. And on all, all their the merchandise. I used to have... Um, I think... A bike lights Bolt? that, oh. uh, yeah. Well, I've still got them. Bike lights that hung that looked like testicles that hang hung off the back of the nice. saddle. And I you think maybe classy. they could get some of them for the car. Truck nuts, yeah. I think this is an excellent idea. I don't. I think they actually would relatively they be get on. As a, they? Would they be classed as a movable aerodynamic? <laughs> <laughs> We've got to see how much they flex, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Here come the scrutineers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a Robin Asquith. <laughs> There's some fan fiction waiting to be written there, isn't there? Alphatari, we've got Yuki Sonoda and Nick DeVries. Oh. I mean, they're both quite little people, are they not? That's got to be the lowest average height. I think he's taller than Sonoda, but I don't think he's particularly tall. I don't know why I think that. And Williams, Alex Albon and Logan Sargent. I suspect Albon will have the upper end. Because Logan Sargent, everyone's talking about him. And I think he is pretty good. But he was only fourth in F2. He's not like he strode to victory like Piastri did in his first season. And he is in a Williams. And he is in a Williams, so there is that. But I, I mean, Albon's a, good, a fairly good benchmark. I think you've got a bit of a crush on Piastri. Me? Hmm. I don't think I even know what he looks like. Well, he looks like a look generic man, I would say. Oscar I'd say he's yes. unremarkable in any of his in any of his attributes. Oh, he's got he bad like, hair. Oh no, no, he's got bad he's got, hair. He looks um, about twelve. Oh, they're all about twelve, hair, hasn't he? Steps hair, like, like the band steps. In, yeah, like yeah. he should be in steps. Well, there's a, there were two men in steps, so there's there's H, H from steps. Lee Latchford Evans and, and Lee Latchford Evans. <laughs> Which one is he, Chica? Come on. Well, he's not H, is well, he's he? More H. He's more he's H. He's more H. Lee Lashford Evans had short hair. Anyway, I'm more concerned that he... Lo- if you put him in a school uniform, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a kid that goes to school. There is no way he's older. <laughs> I mean, you could How say that about half the drivers on the grid. Oh, let me How guess. I think he's 20... Okay. No, wait. So, hang on. No, so he was... He's the one that's younger than Alonso's been racing, so he'd be 20? 20, yeah, 2021 is birthday. How can you be 21 and still be... Oh, it's very disappointing. You can drink in every country. Oh, God, we're old. Anyway, I think because he's been promoted now from F1, I think we should call him Logan Staff Sergeant. If he becomes a world champion one day, he can be Admiral. Well, I, I propose that every year he stays in F1, we promote him every year and we refer to him by Only when he goes name. to a better team. Only when he goes to a better team. Oh, you think so? Okay. okay. Yeah. All right, well, no, deal. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for F1's sake or find us on Facebook where we're for F1's sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, though, if you think we are right, then why not buy us a beer or maybe one for every race of the season? That would be nice, but it's just a thought. 
Anyway, thanks <laughs> to the people who are helping us stock up for this season review. And they are Tim Wren, who says, I haven't bought you any drinks this year, so it's probably time I got the wallet out. Cordials for Phil, obviously. I don't want to be partially responsible for him continuing to drink too much. Cheers. Cheers, Tim. I'm on a single whiskey this evening rather than a double. You'll be pleased to know. And the cordial is more whiskey. And Sean McAuliffe. I want to say McAuliffe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Who call us? Sure if, you're not, if you're not local. Muc- McAuliffe. <laughs> I think it's pronounced seen. <laughs> Who call us the vasectomy of Formula One podcasts? I don't know if that's is that that doesn't sound like a compliment. No, it doesn't. It feels like Look, we've been severed. If we On the other hand, it means we we're were, sensible. Well, it means we, that we're, we're not going to have young drivers littering up the podcast. No, not any more young drivers. Quite enough. If we were a type of surgery, is what he's saying. <laughs> We'd be a vasectomy. Be- no, if we were a type of surgery, we would be cosmetic. No. <laughs> yes, that's true. Entirely frivolous, pointless, and only for vanity. <laughs> and actually ends up looking quite shit. <laughs> <laughs> With a Botox of F1 podcast. <laughs> and David Finley. Thank you, David. Uh, thank you to Sean. We didn't thank him after he called us oh, a vasectomy, but thank you, Sean. And thank you, David, who doesn't he doesn't need frothy messages I did thank Sean but it's still in my balls (laughs) is that how it actually works (laughs) (laughs) and thanks to our monthly donors hang on does the vasectomy mean that you just get a build up of sperm in your balls Mm. I don't know do we actually know if you're a surgeon write it cut cut out the bit that makes sperm no no that would just be taking the testicles away I don't think that's what they do I think they just they they snip the thing so it can't get out. Well, where does it go? I don't know. So just sort down of... your leg. <laughs> Ends up in your feet. Oh, you don't have a say to me. Look at that wet foot. Oh. <laughs> Look at his big gelatinous hands. <laughs> I've just uh, text the stallion. How does? Oh yeah, if only we work? knew a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably not the best text for him to get. (laughs) But he's looking after the baby. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks to our monthly donors, of whom this week we celebrate, Jenny and Ralph Brynard. Yay. Still going. Still, I hope uh, the baby is here now. (laughs) Oh yeah, we haven't had any news on that, have we? Yeah. What's going on? Bryce Davies. I bet he's had a vasectomy. Yeah. (laughs) Rightly so. Too many of those around. Thanks, though, Bryce. Andrew Cunningham. I bet he got a vasectomy quite young and he's had it reversed. (laughs) Which means if it's reversed, it means it must be reversible. Can you? Well, yeah, it is. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Slow down, Professor. (laughs) And Jason R. Bradley. Jason. Who is a sperm running down my leg. <laughs> but we're very thankful to him. Join them. Join them all. Head to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Three teams Three on teams the grid. Three teams on the grid. The Heineken Trophy's still gleaming. It's going to the Dutch. It's going to the going. Dutch. It's, it's already gone. gone. Formula gone. One's going, going to, to the, the Dutch. Dutch. At least this year, legitimately. Red Bull. 15 massive trophies, two world championships, a teammate that hates him, loads of money because he doesn't pay tax, he's really good at The Sims, has a model girlfriend, an ego the size of Belgium. Verstappen has all the ingredients to make his dad happy. Do you think, finally, Joss is proud? When you say he's really good at The Sims, do you mean sim racing or the game The Sims? <laughs> the Sims. I imagine both. Little town. When I was yeah, when I was thinking, when I was writing it, I thought, I bet he's also good at The Sims, which is, which I totally get because The Sims is a really good game. I used to play a lot. I never of got the Sims. into The Sims. I did as well. I, I, we I used to like Sim City. We used to play at uni and we had each of us had our own characters and then we fell out with our housemate and so we put her in the swimming pool and we took away the ladder. <laughs> well, in the game or in your house? Yeah, what did you do in the game? <laughs> you went to a posh university with a swimming pool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had a ladder. Well, you know. <laughs> uh, so, but we're saying Joss isn't proud. Oh yeah, I forgot about that bit. Um... I can't imagine he is. He's probably got his, like, you know, four. Hamilton's got seven. Actually, Josh probably yeah, says yeah, Hamilton's actually, got yeah. eight. Okay. <laughs> Mercedes. Hamilton hates Abu Dhabi, and this year's race ended with a broken floor. You and me alike, mate. Russell had a slow pit. And an <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I think it's a joke about pregnancy. <laughs> Russell had a slow pit and an unsafe release. What will the Mercedes end of season <laughs> party be like? You and me both, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I'm not a vasectomy. <laughs> <sighs> what was the question? I don't know. I don't um, think Josh Verstappen's proud either. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what would the Mercedes end of season party be like? Or oh, muted, I would say. No, George Russell would be like pissed <laughs> and going, everybody, let's party. <laughs> yeah, everybody else is like, like, yeah, all right. We'll, have, we'll right. stay for one. The dance floor <laughs> will have a broken floor. You and me both, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, think they'll pro- I think they'll be cautiously, um, cautiously optimistic about next year. So I reckon maybe it will be quite a good party because there's like... Apart from the broken floor and, and the, the DNF at the end, they've definitely got better through the season. So I reckon they'll be in a pretty good mood. And they'll be like, yeah, we'll have a few. We'll go out. We'll let loose. We're going we'll to smash it over the winter. Some of the lower engineers would have concocted a dance craze called the... Um, the broken the ba- floor. What, what, no, what do they call the bouncing at the start of the year? I've forgotten already. Oh, porpoising. Porpoising? Yes. God, that was a long time ago. It was. So they'll have a dance called the porpoise, <laughs> and they'll be doing it, and then Lewis and Toto will look over and just be like... You're all fucking fine. <laughs> yes, I think that's entirely accurate. It must be. It must be a bit weird being a young engineer, 
in front of like powerhouses like those guys who chances are you well like in terms in sporting terms like if you if you're a young engineer because let's face it touring f1 generally i think is a young person's game because once you've got family you don't really want to be flying away all the time so to be working alongside people who have an expectation of massive success and who you've probably watched since you were a child on tv must just must be a bit weird a bit like that time i pissed next to nigel mansell yeah and tried to see if he was having a shit or not yeah (laughs) <laughs> Never did find out. Ferrari. Yep. All Fer- gonna have a dream, Phil. <laughs> Ferrari sorted their strategy out, and Leclerc stopped being sassy on the radio and started being good with his tyres, and it worked. As Leclerc modestly put it, I was one hundred and ten percent from start to finish. We have well, to give actually, it to Charles, him. I think actually, Charles, you'll find that's mathematically impossible. This is why um, Ferrari have been so shit this year. You can't even do basic maths. No, I think you'll find you're both wrong. And actually, what he meant was the oft-mocked 107% qualifying rule. <laughs> <laughs> and he made sure that he just managed to qualify for the whole race. <laughs> uh, uh, do you remember that? The 107% nah. qualifying What a ridiculous fucking... Well, go- what, I think you needed it. the most Formula 1... That- no, no, no. The idea of saying, here's a time that the driver, the first driver sets, and if you go a certain percentage lower than that time, whatever, you don't qualify. That's fine. Calling it the 107% rule was batshit well, crazy. You the mar- you've got a problem with the marketing rather than the rule. Yeah. What should it have been called? Don't go slower than this. I mean, that's not much better. The time of death. He's gone slower. You know, it's basically what they do now, where they've got the bottom three and everything. They just set a time. They don't have to say 107%. 107% doesn't make sense. I don't know why they chose 107% either. Seems a very arbitrary number. So okay, those are well, the days. That, anyway, I think they should bring that back. Back, back to Ferrari. Okay, oh, so yeah. Leclerc. Okay, so Leclerc's ego aside, we have to give it to him. He saved us from Christian Horner with one, two drivers championships and a constructors cha- championship so one two driver you know what i mean anyway how did you feel when the signs hamilton placed what happened uh can't remember what happened when he didn't what when hamilton retired thing. no when he went over the curve oh and then that. he had to give the place back yes 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 it was exactly the same as last year except mm. uh did he get a penalty last time? I can't remember. What happened last know. time? I don't think he should have given the place back when he when his car had had a big bump in the air. I think that's you should be allowed to keep your car, keep the place if your car's got in the air. Well, maybe because they've got a G sensor, haven't they, that they use for accidents. If it goes over a certain amount, you have to go off for a medical check. Maybe they could use that same sensor to say if you have a shock that's more than like ten G, you don't have to serve any penalties because that's punishment oh, enough. But then, then you'd get the drivers at the end of the race pitting for fresh tyres and just ramming into a wall. <laughs> Launching themselves into the air to try and get, to try and get extra time. Actually, I'm, Point for all, most G's. I'm actually, actually all for that. I think that would liven things up tremendously. But it has to be it has to be up and down G. Like crashing into a wall won't do it. It has to be you have to basically get air over. Yeah, but it's full one. They, they, they won't they won't write the rule properly, and then some <laughs> engineer will go. Look, if you go into that wall at two hundred miles an hour, we're going to get a point. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of going, instead like, of going yeah. for t- instead of going for a two stop, we're going for a one stop. But then you have to try and launch off somebody's back wheel at lap thirty five. No, instead of going for a two stop, we're going to go for a one stop. But let me warn you, it's going to be quite the stop. <laughs> We're double stacking you. We're double stacking you, but you don't wait when the other person's in the pits. You just come <laughs> in and launch over the top and carry on. 
Uh, I mean, you know, fair pay to the clerk. I think I was, I was, I was fairly pleased to see really? him rescue something, and you know, considering the amount of shite he's been battling all year, some of it of his own making. I think he's he's done well to come back and again set things up for next year. In theory, I can't wait to be disappointed next year if Marit doesn't all work out. But on the face oh. of it. McLaren! Things are looking up for McLaren after Norris was great. What will you miss most about Daniel Ricciardo? Just taking the piss out of him every week. It'll be harder <laughs> to mock him in a Red Bull. Yeah, well, he's not going to be in the Red Bull, isn't he? He's going to be wearing headphones in the back of the garage. Still smiling, though. We should, should we do a T-shirt that's just a plain T-shirt and there's just tiny, tiny, tiny little Ricardo, like he's at the back of the, the, back of the pit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Well, that that'll be on sale by the time you read this. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I I kind of miss him because he's just a character. Like I sometimes find him a bit infuriating, and I don't think he's that bright. And his driving has gone to crap. But he's got was, personality was a character. though, which is. Do any of the new drivers have personalities? I couldn't tell you the first Look, thing about Oscar Piastri's character or Logan Sargent's. But you character. fancy Well, Oscar him. Piastri shot his girlfriend, so he's got. Oh, that's no true. Problem. And he's got no legs, of course. Yeah. I think my favourite era of Daniel Ricciardo has been this year having that smile wiped from his fucking face. <laughs> Broken, depressed, called a Samaritan's Daniel Ricciardo. My favourite. <laughs> Terry. <laughs> no, come on. LP. If he wants to come on, if he wants to come on the podcast, he's more than welcome. Oh, I don't know. Now I don't think we stand, we stand a chance. Alpine Alonso may have had a water leak. He is in his forties after all, but Alpine <laughs> managed to finish. That vasectomy went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't water. <laughs> in the constructors' champs, I was thinking, what do you think a DNF driver does after? they've pulled into the garage because surely they have to stick around until the end of the race right so how do they well, we know this because we know this because what alonso does is he rips a door off a motorhome mm. so unfortunately what happens is every race Alpine have to bring a couple of doors and as soon as they say retire the car someone goes and puts like a fake door on the motorhome <laughs> and he comes in Alonso man and they're like oh Alonso you broke a door again and then they take the bowls of a door off and put the real one back on I think that's true that's why he's going to Aston Martins because the car matches his skin when he's angry so it's really on brand um, well I mean it, it very much depends on the driver some of them will go straight to the pit wall and have earnest conversations with the uh, with the pit crew or the uh, the people on the wall um Kimi Raikkonen used to go to his yachts and have an ice cream, which oh. I like. I like the idea that even in landlocked races, he used to do that. He just had a yacht parked up in the car park. With one ice cream. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think I would go to the pit wall. If I was a driver, I'd go to the pit wall and I would call them all, you know, effing C's and all the rest of it, but with a smile on my face. So the camera <laughs> would be like, oh, look, he's so professional. He's going to thank the team. Shake the hands. And I'm like, you fucking fuck this up, you fucking shits. <laughs> <laughs> so all your me fault, right yeah. now. Or like, I'd grab Benotti's balls and just be like, this, uh, this is what you're doing to me, you fucking <laughs> You'd be you go London gangster again. Total London gangster, but with petrol in my hand. And then like <laughs> drop a match. <laughs> <laughs> Do that to my car again, see what happens. How'd you make a Ferrari manager go woof? <laughs> 
Yes. The last race for Schumacher at Haas, and nobody will remember it, least of all him. Whose decision was it to make him a reserve driver at Mercedes? And what do you think the rest of the team thinks of this choice? I can only assume that it's something to do with his dad. Is that unfair? Because his dad was at Mercedes. His dad was not as good as he used to be at Mercedes. Well, there you go. That makes you make a plenty of room. <laughs> I think it's quite simple, and I think you're being a bit unfair. I think Mercedes in the back of the garage, in the back of the factory, found a bunch of M. Schumacher mugs. And went, oh. <laughs> we can shift these. <laughs> yeah, we've already got the stickers for when he does testing. <laughs> yeah, you could be right. I mean, we've touched on it already. It's. I don't. I don't quite understand the logic when you've been so disappointing for a couple of years, as in the case of Schumacher and Ricardo, of then taking a reserve role. Presumably somehow hoping that this will be your ticket back into a race seat. I mean, I'm fascinated, especially, I mean, Ricardo especially, but the same with both of them. Like, what is Ricardo going to do? Like, is he going to be the guy in the simulator getting all the data for Max? Because I can't imagine he wants to do that. I, I guess a bit of that. I, I presume with Ricardo, a lot of going out and shaking hands with sponsors and being hilarious at, at you know, events and all that kind of jazz. Yeah, but I mean, maybe has Schumacher got much of a personality? I don't recall him being particularly engaging in interviews and stuff. He's quite no. reserved and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. But like, if you, if you're not if you were racing and you you didn't make enough of an impression to get another seat, surely not racing, you're even less likely. I, I, you you do think just give it up, go and race something else, go and race Formula E, go to WEC, go to IndyCar, go and do something that looks more fun because presumably they still like racing. Like I don't reckon Danny Rick would have a lovely time in NASCAR or Aussie Supercars or IndyCar or something like that. And you know we know the standard over there of XF1 drivers that have gone on and done really well. It just seems like such an odd decision to me. It it, it seems like the role that's much better for somebody who's coming up and hasn't quite got a seat yet. There's a very famous joke in stand-up comedy, which is the equivalent of you say, if you're at a gig, you say, "Oh, you already played this gig." Twice in the career, once on the way up and once on the way down. Well, it's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it sort of is that, isn't it? And it's back at Red Bull for Ricardo as well, which is yeah. just tail between the legs, honestly. Is that worse than going to Alpha Tauri? It would have been worse if you'd been third driver for Alpha Tauri. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha Romeo! They made some interesting tyre choices, but for me, that was about as interesting as it got. Any sound-up moments for you? Well, you say that, uh, it turns out that their entire race strategy was based on um, fucking around with Aston Martin and trying to screw up their race, rather than trying to do well themselves. Mm. I thought you were going to say a witch then. (laughs) Their entire race strategy was based on something I said by a witch. (laughs) (laughs) You must do one stop. They read the tea leaves. And decided this was the issue. No, apparently, apparently what, was silver, because, and I will tell you how many pit stops to make. <laughs> I mean, that would be for one race a year. That would be a great thing for all the teams to have to do. Um, no, apparently, apparently that rather than trying to maximise their own race, their strategy was because they were in a very close race with Aston Martin, was to try and just fuck with Aston Martin and ruin their race. So whenever they pitted, and their strategies was based on like how can we completely compromise Aston Martin's race, and it worked. 
it would seem. And they got the whatever place it was. Was it sixth, seventh, whatever it was in the championship? So, you know, fair play to them. I don't remember much else about them. Frankly, most of the season, apart from Bottas being mostly disappointing and Joe being better than I expected. Well, Joe with his roll hoop in the gravel in whatever race that was, and Bottas with his butt out. <laughs> Bottas, Bottas. <laughs> oh my God, we've gone all year and we haven't realised his name's Bottas. <laughs> Bottas. Oh, we, called, we, called, we called him that in his first year, I think. But Valerie Buttocks. Bottas. Yeah. That's two bum names in his name. <laughs> yeah, double, double and bum. And his first name sounds like vagina. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. Oh, thank vagina God. bummer. <laughs> thank God he's staying around. I mean, that's another T-shirt, surely. Alphatari. Gasly gambled with softs and lost, and Sonoda just lost out. When there's one driver starting on a different tyre to everyone else, you know, when it says... You know, everyone else is on mediums mm-hmm. and one's on hard. Yeah. Does it yeah. ever, Leclerc. ever yeah. work? The thing is, I don't think it can these days because the computer simulations are so precise. But why the do they do it then? <clears throat> Taking a punt. Boredom. Or, or they're, they're thinking, mean, well, there's a small chance that this could work and we've got nothing left to lose. Mm. I want yeah, to say... Yeah, I suppose it gets to the point that if all the simulations say you're going to finish 17th, you may as well do something stupid and hope that... The witch was right. <laughs> Isn't that what Hulkenberg did in the Brazil when he got his pole position at Brazil in whatever? Yeah, it was? I suppose sometimes like, if it rains, he, he he went on that random whatever it was, super soft back then. And I think he he went earlier than everyone thought was necessary, and he went out and it worked. And by the time everyone else did it, the track had gone off or something, and he got pole. So it can work, but it, the fact that it's that's the only one I can think of, and it was. 11, 12 years ago, <laughs> suggests that no, very often it doesn't work. <laughs> but, you know, we like to see people try. Hmm. Makes it more interesting. God loves a trier. Yeah. Speaking of which, Aston Martin. <laughs> well, that was it for Vettel, and he only got one point. And he only got it because Hamilton retired. But he finished. Mm. Everyone loves him, and he can end his career knowing that he's better than Stroll. Do you think Vettel's year at Aston Martin has been worth doing or should he have retired a year ago? I don't know if he knew he wanted to retire a year ago. I think I think we've witnessed him realise that he didn't want to do it anymore. Between all his campaigning and him getting quite into that to the point where he did it every race and before every race and he you know, went to his schools and did all this, you know, frankly great stuff. Grew and he grew his hair, um, you know, tried to look like Bjorn Borg. Um, he went on question time in the UK, which is quite mm. interesting, came across surprisingly well. I think he's just realised, and there was that point in question time when somebody said, you know, you're campaigning against climate change and you're a racing driver, don't you think that makes you a hypocrite? And you could see him think about it and go, yep, yep, I think it does. And uh, I think he's just realised that, you know, his, his heart's not in it anymore, he's got other things he wants to do. A fair play to him, to be honest, you know, wish him luck. I've no idea how much we'll see him in the future and what he's going to be doing, but... Well, I think a second year was worth a punt. The first year was definitely good to kind of wipe his ass of Ferrari. The second year, you know, Aston Martin could have brought when they when they remember when they launched the cars this year, and Aston Martins looked different to everyone else's, and it was there was that moment of ooh, ooh and then oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when it was ooh, I think he would have. It was a good idea to stay. But when it was oh, so fucking, what's the point? Well, I do wonder if the car had been good, would he still have retired? Like, would his heart still not have been in it? 
Oh, we did. Look, look, look. If he'd have won the championship this year, he wouldn't have given a shit about kneeling. <laughs> <laughs> no. He'd have just gone massively racist and just be burning tires at every race. Williams. <laughs> The TV ended his time at Williams and probably his short-lived F1 career by colliding with the season's other big disappointment. Albon lost a place. Anything else? Probably. I think probably he's doing a lot of heavy lifting there. <laughs> there is no way on God's green earth that Latifi is ever getting near an F1 track again. Again, God love him. Seems like a lovely guy. I think he might buy his way in as a sponsor or something, but you know, he might Aww. take a take a private box at the paddock club. But um, you know, bless him. No. But good luck to him. I, I'm genuinely intrigued to know what he does now and how good he is at it. Will he win, win them all? Will he, you know, win the Indy 500? I don't know. You'll find out 20 years on he's got like a property empire or something. I mean, I know he's rich anyway, mm. but... Or he's invented something. Quietly, under the radar, made him even more money. He invented the edible cable tie. The Latifi. Oh, have you got a Latifi? I'll just... All my stuff keeps falling out and I'll be, hung, I'll be hungry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All of oh, which... Do I want these cables on the wall or am I hungry? <laughs> All of which takes us to the standings with Terry Saunders. Okay, so it's the end of the season. They've all got their final positions. Let's do the tradition of songs. Max, he is the one and lonely... Um, Charles, just the two of us aiming for the top two. Sergio Preston, third place, three times a lady. George Russell, I'm a slave for you. Fifth in Carlos Sainz with Mambo number five. Sixth Avenue Heartache is Lewis Hamilton. Where's he gone? Seven seconds away is Lewis is Lando Norris. Eight days a week for Esteban Ocon. Nine shots for Fernando Alonso. Ten freaky girls for Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> 11 sevens in my heart is Daniel Ricciardo. 12th place, 12 days of Christmas is Sebastian Vettel. 13, 13 balls typing is Kevin Magnussen. I would admit I made some of these up. 14th, 14 seconds till I leave is Pierre Gasly. 15, she was only 15, it's Lance Stroll. 16, sweet little 16, it's Mick Schumacher. 17 forever, it's Yuki Tsunoda. There's a lot of creepy songs about age, isn't there? 18 wills and a dozen roses is Joe Ganyu. Uh, Alexander Albon with 19. Uh, Nicholas Latifi in 20th with Disco 2000. Kind of counts. And Nick DeVries in the year 21, 21. Don't care. And then um, the teams. Because the teams being people last week were so popular, I thought I'd try and recreate the success by what if the teams were British towns? <laughs> so Red Bull is red car. Brackets, not that red car. Ferrari are Fuck Uppington. Mercedes are Mercedes on Marsh. Alpine is Ben Nevis. That's our tallest mountain. McLaren and McPricks. Oh God, I'm, I was really rushing. Alfa Romeo is Accrington Romeo. Aston Martin is Acton, Aston Towers. Haas is Heston Services. Alfa Tauri is Albion Prince Harry. And Williams was in the Doomsday Book. <laughs> a very loose relation to the theme in there, but, but I liked it. Before we move to our man of the match of driving, yes, it's that time of year when we ask you to help us crown a new FF1S Man of the Match of the Year of Driving, a prestigious award bequeathed by us and designed to cheer up slash patronise a driver after being a bit of a downer for whatever reason. So if you could send your nominations to wrong at ff1s.com with your reason why they deserve the honour and we'll reveal the shortlisted nominees 
in a few weeks in our season review. Uh, but now we're going to return to the present for the man of the match of driving. It's Charles Leclerc. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Or should it be called the State of Sebastian Vettel? (laughs) It's done. He's waggled his last finger and he's crazied his last frog. It's a long time since Sebastian Vettel won the Italian Grand Prix at a Toro Rosso, but weirdly, it feels even longer since he last won a race. <laughs> but now he's barred out of Formula One, with grace at his head held high with a single point in his last race. Vettel was always an odd character, coming into F1 with an impish love of blacking up comedy Little Britain and a penchant for calling his chassis things like Slutty Sarah or Carla the <laughs> Cumwagon. <laughs> <laughs> But in his was. latter years, but in his latter years, he's become a figurehead in expressing solidarity with various causes. The only way F1 drivers know how, with novelty helmets and t-shirts. <laughs> if it wasn't for Alonso, Vettel's fall from grace would be remarkable. A four-time world champion, a near miss at Ferrari, and then not exactly a career renaissance, squabbling for lower midfield points at Aston Martin as Lewis Hamilton dries over his four conse- consecutive championships. But let's face it, like the current Red Bull star, Vettel was a fucking twat when he was at the team, <laughs> waggling his fingers and ring-a-ding-dinging win after boring win with his blown diffuser, something that incidentally he could use on his hairdryer these days. But somehow, I'll miss him. We've watched him grow from petulance to genuinely not giving a shit of what people think in a little over a decade. And I wish he'd have had a better time post-Red Bull, but at least we can hope that Verstappen will suffer the same fate and in ten years a sarcastic podcast will belittle his achievements too. <laughs> <laughs> and that sarcastic podcast I don't know this feels like maybe it's just because it's recent it feels like a driver that I remember in quite a lot of detail their whole career because I'll be honest like the start of Alonso's career is a bit fuzzy but I remember that That's quite a good well point like because I remember him coming in and him being you know Weber calling him a fucking kid and him being really good but making mistakes and then he won that race for a Toro Rosso and and it doesn't seem that long ago but it's it's actually a pretty what was that 2007 he started or eight I think it was 2081 for Toro Rosso. So that must have been his first or second year, maybe. And it's been quite the, uh, quite the turnaround in his career. And I and I met him once. I interviewed him years ago. Was what was he like? It was quite, it was nice actually. We went for a drive afterwards. He, he drove me around a track oh. in an Infinity. And beyond. Yeah. No, he had to stop, and I had to get out. That is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about. Uh, Formula 2 and Felipe Drogovic, who smuggled his way to victory in Formula 2 and doesn't have an F1 seat. So, you know, what's the point of Formula 2? And to Terry Saunders. I was watching the Formula 1 highlights for this race earlier on and YouTube had an advert come on beforehand, which was for Pierre Gasly's brand new range of Alpha Tauri clothes. And I thought, <laughs> they're not going to last long, are they? <laughs> We'll be back in a few weeks for our season finale. So keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. And are we on Mastodon? So I've tried to sign us up on Mastodon, but it's not worked. (laughs) 
this was my experience with Mastodon as well. But maybe the problem was because for giggles, I tried to sign us up with a Dutch server. (laughs) (laughs) And we're probably blacklisted. (laughs) Anyway, so we're not there yet. We might be. I I don't think we're bothered. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that. Terry. We're on TikTok. Are we? Are we? And Snapchat. Are we? Are we not? No. You've not seen my th- millions of TikToks? Oh, I do a TikTok every day. Like me dancing to Formula One. Is sound. it you just doing that Fernando Alonso <laughs> monkey dance that he used to do when he was winning and got out of the car? And just all the different trends, you know, put an egg up your bum. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got TikTok. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Where can people buy merch? ff1s.com forward slash tiktok 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 shop 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 thanks for listening see you in a few weeks time I've been G. goodbye goodbye bye sports social podcast network